1: It's a compounding issue on the backside of a business that can literally cost, I mean, we're saving over six figures for many, many, many businesses in this space. Um,
0: uh, So you're listening to Casey Graham from allgravy.io. He's the founder of the company, filling a huge hole in a space where a lot of people don't even know this hole exists. Now, a lot of people who sell products that have a recurring payment, that could be anything from a software product that has a recurring monthly payment to get access to it, uh, to membership programs, to even online courses and other other things that have uh, you know a payment plan involved. A big, big problem is failed payments. Now, that's not anything new. A lot of us are familiar with failed payments, whether it's a credit card payment failure or just something in the system doesn't work. And it takes a lot of effort to go back and recover those payments from people who said that they were going to pay you. Most payment processors have built-in automated systems via emails that get triggered and such to recover those payments, but that's just scratching the surface. Casey's going to give us a whole load of information today, so make sure you stick around. Cue the music.
1: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he can fall asleep anywhere, almost on command, Pat
0: Flynn. What's up, guys? Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me in session 312 of the Smart Passive Income podcast. I'm super thankful you're here. And like I said, we're talking today with Casey Graham, who will be with us in just a minute. Make sure you stick around because a lot of this information, even if you do not have a business yet, it's so good to know because this is stuff that doesn't get talked about very often, which is kind of the, what we do here on Smart Passive Income. We bring really amazing people on to fill in those gaps I can teach you a lot, but you know what? There's a lot more people out there who are way smarter than me about certain things. And when I started working with Casey, I didn't even realize how much I needed him and his business and this information that he's gonna give to you today. He has helped me recover tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars that would have been lost if I didn't even know this stuff was happening. So again, make sure you stick around. And before we get to that, I do wanna say, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, Pat, how do I start a podcast just like you, like, how do you, how do you even get this up and running? Well, it's really cool because if you go to how to start a that's my free three day course that'll walk you through the process step by step, three days. You just get one email per day. It's going to put you to a link with all the information you need, high quality videos, all the equipment you need, all the just technical how to in a way that's not overwhelming and you'll get your podcast up and running on iTunes. Now, a lot of, you know, I also have a premium course that goes uh, along with that called power up podcasting. That's for those of you who are going to be diving deep into it and wh- who want to get, you know, the marketing aspect of it and the scaling of that podcast down. But before that, just get your podcast up and running. All you have to do is go to how to start a podcast.com. It's completely free for you to help you set up in three days, your brand new podcast. So again, how to start a podcast.com. Check it out. Thanks so much. All right. Now, let's get into the interview today with Casey Graham, again, from allgravy.io. Casey, thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us today on the SPI podcast. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Pat.
0: Guys, Graham, uh, or Casey Graham, and I have met uh, once before at a karaoke, what what was a piano bar, right?
1: It was a piano bar where they threw bumblebees on your shirt somehow. Yeah, it,
0: it was weird. It was it was in uh, Colorado, uh, and we were there for the platform conference way back in the day, and I got to know Casey there that night, and he's just such a cool down-to-earth guy, and you'll hear that during our call today, but he's also got a lot of great things coming on. Actually, I am now uh, somebody who really, really enjoys the new business that he's created, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute, but it is a lifesaver in my business, and it may be one for you, too. So we'll get into that, into that in just a minute. But Casey, let's go. Let's actually rewind back to I think that was 2013. You owned an agency, I think. And, and uh, I would just love to talk about kind of where your business was at then, because I want to contrast that to where you're at now.
1: Well, um, actually, it was called The Rocket Company, and what we did is we sold uh, courses, membership sites, and software solutions to local churches. <laughs> so, that was the niche. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that that's what we did. So, it was kind of uh, unique, obviously, in, in being in uh, selling to churches, uh, but then selling all those different things, and then ending up being able to um, – you know, sell those sell those courses, membership sites, software programs, and then actually create a sustainable business not just an not just an info business that kind of launches and goes away. It was an everyday, um, very predictable business that we were able to. I sold it two years ago um, to a private equity firm.
0: Nice. Well, congratulations on the sale. That's really awesome. Yeah. When when you were selling to churches, uh, were you selling courses and membership sites that you had where they could join, or were you giving them essentially? the resources and the means by which to create their own courses and membership sites.
1: No, we we were selling. Basically, um, pastors would go to school and learn how to study the Bible or whatever, but they had no idea. Okay, great. Now you have a thousand people showing up every week. How do I? How do I lead these people? How do I get volunteers? How do I communicate better on the stage? How do I uh, raise money? How do I do all the practical things that you would learn in like business school? So basically, we just taught them everything that they didn't learn in seminary, and uh, we were able to give them systems and information that. was very practical and applicable to those uh, key areas.
0: Nice, that's awesome. And then let's fast forward to now. Now you've sold that company. What is it that you do and focus on nowadays?
1: Yeah, it's called Gravy and, um, we connected, uh, back over Gravy through our mutual friend Amy. And, um, what we do is we save, uh, failed credit card payments for subscription based business. Um, so any company that has, that's selling a subscription, you're selling a payment plan, you're selling installment payments, anything that somebody's paying you every month for. Uh, a huge issue that the the origin of the business came from the rocket company because we had this problem and we actually solved it there. And I just assumed everybody had this solved. Like I just thought this was part of business that, y- you know, it's hard enough to get a customer, but much less people falling out the back door. I'm assuming that you would have people there doing that. And, uh, in the in between time of two years, uh, you know, when when I sold the business and I had about a year, uh, where frankly it was a, it was a very uh, it it wasn't a great season in my life. It was a dark time. Um, I, I lost my way in a lot of ways, um, and uh, but one of the things I was doing in that time was coaching entrepreneurs and uh any business that had subscriptions they were having this problem and i just kept saying you what you, i can't believe you don't have this salt and so finally i just said um <laughs> the way this whole thing came about is the private equity firm that bought my company the rocket company they fired our entire team that was doing this thing at the rocket company and so they called me and said hey we got fired uh via an email they didn't even call us and um we don't know what to do. And I said, well, hey, let's try this thing out. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to these entrepreneurs. And that's where, the, that's where the whole thing came from, of saving payments for, uh, for, for small businesses.
0: Now, tell us how important this is to consider. I think a lot of people, especially those just starting out online, and maybe even those who have been doing this for a while, um, how big can this part of the business be in terms of money lost?
1: Yeah, well, it depends on what your industry is, Um, but on average in people that are selling, let's just start with the vertical of information, so courses, products online, educational stuff, Um, the average is about 15 to 17% of the credit cards are failing in those businesses on a monthly basis. So that's monthly. There's a compounding issue here. Once you lose that person, uh, the 15% on month one, that doesn't seem like a huge loss. Um, you know, it's not that big at first. But when you start realizing that you lose that 15% plus another 15% the next month, a lot of these people that are launching and they keep having to sell more and more and more and stack payment plans is really what they're doing is backfilling customers that they already had because they, they're not taking care of the back door. So, it's a compounding issue on the backside of a business that can literally cost, I mean, we, we're saving over six figures for many, many, many businesses in this space. Um, for, uh, for technology companies, it can be uh, even bigger and here's how it is for technology companies. So, with technology companies, there's the uh, the credit card failure mm-hmm. that Happens on a uh, you know like month seven of somebody in a in a technology, um, and this happens with like plug-in technologies pat the most because you know people with like a like a platform that runs their whole business they'll probably go update that credit card, but. Plug-in technologies that aren't the main go-forward platform, a lot of people, they just don't really know or it's not updated or this, that, and the other. Uh, they go by the wayside, and they, and they have what's called unintentional cancels, and so their churn rate is just skyrockets there, and their churn rate also skyrockets on the front end, so we're helping the software companies on the front end. They're losing Massive amount of money after like a free credit card thirty day trial of software, mm-hmm. and then they're supposed to transition into paying. Um, and then they just go, "Well, we get we keep forty percent of those people." The and I say, "Well, what do you do to the rest of the 60? And they're like, "Oh, well, that's just part of it." And I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> you know, if you keep ten percent a month every single month of the people that were already gave you a credit card, it's a transition into your technology. That's a huge growth, hundred twenty percent growth over the year. So, um, those are a couple of the." Uh, you know, s- service, I mean, a couple of places where we're helping the most.
0: Yeah, and you know, I didn't think this was a big deal when I started, uh, you know, having installment plans for my courses. You know, my very first course, it was just $197 for Smart from Scratch. So it was just a one-time payment or don't pay at all. With Power sure. Podcasting, it's a little bit more expensive, 697 bucks. So we did, okay, you can pay 697 up front or 197 for four months, which is more than 697 by about 10%, which is pretty much standard, Uh, In the industry, for increasing the price if people go monthly, but not too much, just ten percent. So we actually had a number of people go with the installment plan when we've done these open close launches, uh, and we continue to still offer that payment plan as well. Um, You know, a number of people would pay one time, a number of people would do the installment plans, and I was like, oh well, I don't need to worry about churn. It's only four months. Like, what are the chances that uh, you know there's going to be failed payments and such only after a month? Literally, the next month when the next round of installments came in. (laughs) Were, I just saw email after email that was like failed payment, failed payment. And I thought like, I thought somebody had hijacked our system or I, I had no idea what was going on or why this was happening. And like you said, this is just a very common thing that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those diving into information products and selling online with recurring payments, they just don't understand or even know is a problem. So thankfully i connected with amy porterfield who was like hey you got to check out this stuff that uh, casey Graham is doing because he's helping save me money like it's nobody other's business like i it's just totally worth uh the the fee because you just get that money back or else that money would be gone anyway so i was like okay so i called you up we work together and man every month now i get a report from you and your team that says here's how much money we saved you that would have been gone if it wasn't for you and it's just incredible. So first of all, thank you for your service and what it is that you do. Now, the other part of this is I was a little hesitant to get involved with something like this because I know there are tools and shopping carts and other things out there that, that say they do this automatically, and they do. But can you really quick highlight the difference between you know Shopify or whatever shopping carts that you use – that say mm-hmm. they, they help with the failed payment part of things like what is it that they're doing versus what is it that you're you're kind of offering
1: sure well there's a, a whole industry called dunning software and then there's the automated email industry or automated follow up so you know whether it's uh, you know any different software we could name 20 of them right now that either do the automation piece or they do the dunning piece and the dunning is just the auto updating of credit cards and retries and things like that so stripe it retries the credit card on average, if you look at Recurly's website, which is a huge um, – they're a huge software in this space. They, uh, the, one of the best uh, years that they've had, they the software only recovers about 14 to 15%. And when we were doing this and we were using Infusionsoft um, at, at the Rocket company, just automation alone would save about 18%, 20%. So a good month would be high and some months would be like 12%. And I just didn't think that was good enough. So we're friends with all these softwares. We love them. We actually implement all the softwares because we believe the automation. That's wonderful. And that's great. um, and, And go for it. The difference is automation can't care. And automation cannot negotiate with a customer. So a big deal people have is uh, negotiations, and it's simply like, hey, I can't pay it all right now, but what about if I paid, you know, on the fifteenth or the thirtieth? Or hey, I can't do this. So, so having a, a, a dedicated person with a metric associated with the uh, this one thing: how many credit cards failed, how many did I recover within a thirty day period. And our entire company is focused on that, and that person gets paid on that. Um, when you have that, that that just laser focus, you can do nothing but but increase it. And Pat, I mean, I'm I'm looking at I don't can I share your numbers? Share, not, please, not, oh yeah, yeah, of course you so, <laughs> can. But I mean, I'm looking at it right now. So for this month, we're at 87.5 percent recovery rate uh, for you. Um, that means you know, okay, so
0: uh, like okay, so the hundred percent is failed payments, right? X yeah. number of failed payments came in. And you're, you're welcome to share specific dollars if you want to. Um, and you were able to, in your special way, we can get into that in just a minute, um, have 87% of that be recovered, yeah, I'm looking at
1: November, you had 118.18% recovered. And the reason why it's a over 100% is we consistently stay after people that are failed months uh, prior. And so sometimes you get even more coming in, um, you know, with you. Now, I will tell you that uh, the response rate because of your fan base, uh, because of your customer base that you're so gracious and generous that they respond really well. Uh, but this is the kind of return you can get on this kind of thing. If you have a human being, there's nothing like, I love technology. I love it. I love automation. But there's nothing like having somebody that this is all they do. and It's what they focus on. And it can do nothing but grow and get better. But here's the flip. You are not going to hire somebody in your business, Pat, to focus on this full time.
0: <laughs> like, not at my current stage in business with my size of business, no.
1: Right. But most wouldn't. And so even until you get into we have a one hundred twenty five million dollar business that, uh, that we work with that, that, that they're like, no way. And the reason why is because here's the deal. Failed payments is a fixed opportunity, meaning if your business has one hundred thousand dollars of failed payments, it can never be bigger than that. So it's, that's all it is. And so, and you're only going to get a percentage of that and to associate full-time staff with that, that you've got to have overhead associated with, it's just not a good use Mm -hmm. of the entrepreneur's time. So that's where the whole thing, but to get an 87% return, you've got to have a full-time focus. So that's where the whole idea came from. How do you have a... How do you have a full-time focus in a business that it doesn't really deserve that type of uh, you know, staffing? And so that's where the whole whole thing came from.
0: Yeah, we'll get into some strategies for those of you who maybe are just starting out and you don't have the ability to work with somebody like Casey and his team uh, to help you with this kind of stuff. Maybe this is something to strive for, but we will get into strategies just that we can do uh, sure. so that you can minimize the amount of uh, you know, this kind of stuff happening, the failures. But to clarify, you have a team of human beings, that will go out and if a, fa- if a payment fails, you'll go out and kind of reach out and be like, hey, can we, can we work something out here?
1: Yeah, and uh, the problem is in the industry, there's been nothing uh, except for collections. And so-
0: Well, that's uh, what it made me think about initially. I was like, I don't know, Casey. Like, I don't want some team of, you know, lawyers <laughs> hunting down my customers and, and, and making them feel bad and, and threatening them. I was scared of that, to be honest. I thought that's how and it was going to sh- go down.
1: Yeah, and you should be. Um, and But that's that's been the option. It's been either software, which is totally hands-off, or collections, which is like hands around the neck. And there's not been a middle ground. And this is where the middle ground is because um, we, we, we have an internal saying that we say all the time, and we, it's called invisible dignity. And what we mean by that is, um, we're invisible to your end users, uh, meaning that we use a, pat for a smart passive income email address when we email them. And we're acting with dignity on, on your brand's sake. And so yep. we know uh, that keeping in line with your brand, with Amy Porterfield, Michael Hyatt, and all these different people they were working with, that that's what they want and that's how we treat people. And that's where the whole idea came from. So collections waits too long and they use fear tactics to get people to respond. And so that's why within 24 hours of somebody's credit card failing, you know we're we're talking to them in a very friendly way, and uh, one of the tips and strategies for this for people, even if you're not going to use us, um, the quicker you talk to somebody after their credit card fails, the more likely you are to get it back, and um, that's it. That's a huge. That's a huge win.
0: The so reaching out to them uh, quickly is 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 one of the key components. Uh, that that that's great, and it's so cool to hear you working with some of my favorite people to help as well, because I know that by doing this, you're helping us serve even more people. Um, you know, with these credit card failures, more often, I mean, 100% of the time, right? They're, they're not intentional, like people not backing out of the payment plan that they agreed to, right? It's more of just a, uh, an error in the credit card number or the exp- expiration date. Like, is that why they, these things happen? Is it because the expiration date only, or why, why would something fail?
1: Um, there's bank holds, fraud, expiration date, uh, and a huge one, honestly, is insufficient funds. Um, and it's probably the biggest one that we deal with. Um, and it's sometimes kind of hard to think that way, that, you know, you're charging 97 bucks and there's, you know, the, it's not going through in the credit card, but that's just real life. And um, so the question is, how do you treat these people with empathy? And automation can't empathize. Um, how do you do that? And so that's the that's the key to this entire business is empathy and it's reaching out personally mm-hmm. and it's connecting with them as a human being and saying, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is what happened. And here's why it happened, because we give specifics to the customer on why their credit card failed um, and to what product and be very specific and very personal with them. And um, most people, you know, they can get it up and up uh, they, they, they do it. But then a lot of people say, hey, I can't pay or I can't afford it. But a big thing that's happening with a lot of entrepreneurs of why they hire us, Pat, which I hate to say this. I'm not trying to be negative, but I just want to just real life is they get chewed up by people saying, well, my mom has this medical issue or my dad has this. And the entrepreneur gets drained to life out of them because they're hearing these stories, whether the story's true or not. <laughs> so it's just to believe they are. It's just it's just constant. When you hear stuff like that and then somebody can't pay, but they've agreed to pay, how do you treat people like that? What is yeah. what is your policy for that? And so that's that's where we come in and we're able to just kind of save, I guess, the entrepreneur from having to deal with any of this side of the business.
0: And when it comes to, you know, who you are having to do all this stuff, I think it'd be great for you to introduce kind of a little bit about your team and like, how do you find those people that can empathize? I think, um, you know, some people who are listening to this, they might have a team where maybe somebody on the team can, you know, start to do this kind of thing and test it out a little bit if they don't want to work with a company that does this full time. Um, what kinds of people work, work best for this? Like who's working with you?
1: Um, so there's a test, uh, from one of my, uh, executive coaches. Uh, his name is Les McEwen and, um, I worked with him years ago and it's the, uh, he wrote a book called Predictable Success and the Synergist and we use the Synergist quiz. Okay. Synergistquiz.com. Never heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's how we do all of our hiring and it's how we uh, talk. It's very simple. Um, and uh, there's, there's uh, four letters, uh, a visionary operator, processor, and synergist. And so who we're looking for is uh, processors. Um, and processors are people that uh, you walk in their office and they have uh, everything color-coded. Uh, they know what they're going to do today. Um, they write the HR manual. They stay in line. Um, they want process and they have to create process, and they cannot deal with chaos. And so, we hire processors, um, and then also what we're looking for is empathy. Uh, and the way we get to empathy is through interviews, and we know what they've done in the past, and you know that kind of thing. And so, we we ask core values questions around empathy. Um, if the, what most entrepreneurs do to fix this problem is they go to somebody in accounting, and they go to the bookkeeper, and they say, hey. There's people's credit cards failing. I need you to go stay on top of them. Mm -hmm. And the bookkeeper go, okay, cool. And they'll start doing it. And then they end up, they hate it. Or they'll just be like, I, you know, it gets on their nerves. And so then they're just like either rooted the customer or they don't stay on top of it. Or then they'll go to the customer, somebody in customer service. And this is like a happy customer service person that loves to serve people. But now they're dealing with like payments and failed credit cards and my mom died and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, I didn't sign up for this. Um, and so that's why you have somebody that's process driven, but they're also very empathetic. And obviously you can get there by asking questions.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you for revealing a little bit about your uh, hiring process there. That That's great. Um, You told me something cool before, too, when I had met some of your team members. Um, I don't know if it's the same, but, you know, at least when you first started this, you know, a lot of the people who were doing this were people who couldn't be more thankful to work with you because you were helping them uh, by supporting them in in their lives, right? Like, they are stay-at-home moms and and other people like that who, you know, you're you're helping them out. I thought that was a really cool thing that you just kind of said under your breath a while back, and I was just like, man, that's really cool that you're... You're doing that to to help people out, and so it just becomes a win for everybody.
1: Well, what we found is there's just a lot of people that want to get their um, their kids off the school bus, um, and they want to be there to make pancakes in the morning, uh, or you know, be able to run up to the school and watch the play or whatever it is. And it's not just that one thing, but there's a lot of people that want that. But they also a lot. Most of our people have college degrees, and most of our people have worked in a professional you know eight to five setting. But they they want a third option. So it's either I work, as it used to be, I work or I don't work. And we're like, hey, here's a third option here that we could provide this. And honestly, there's just a bunch of – we have a bunch of amazing uh, people that uh, they get to work and do this. And they get to work out of their house mostly. And we have an office here in Atlanta where some people are able to come in. But, man, to be able to provide that – like the big vision that we don't talk about externally – Is our goal and our passion is not saving payments like that. That's not why we wake up every day. Mm. The reason we wake up every day is to put more resources and dollars back in the hands of people who are doing good that's the that is the overwhelming driving passion after i sold my company i didn't need to i don't need to do another company we don't need more money we need more of that and if pat you're going to go out and hire more people if amy's going to hire more people you guys are giving stuff away uh, you're opening you know people like stu McLaren that you know great people like that that are doing great things in the world we are just the undercurrent that's this providing more profit more money back to those people and then that's our contribution to good in society so uh, that's our mission it's not public but that's what we do internally
0: that's really cool man and whenever I've had the chance to share gravy with others I'm happy to do it and which is why I invited you on the show this is something that especially for the entrepreneur who's up and running with a business with recurring payments whether it's a membership situation or a software product or courses with an installment plan or a mastermind program that you're setting up for a whole year for your people um, this is a great thing. This is a great thing. So where, where can, we're not done with the interview yet, by the way, but where, where are, uh, where can people go to find out more about this if they want to get involved?
1: Well, we have a, a special link for, uh, for people listening to this specifically, and it's all gravy.io and forward slash Pat.
0: All, all gravy.io forward gravy. slash Pat. It's all gravy, baby. It's all gravy, baby. Love it. Okay, cool. So <laughs> let's say that, okay, a person's listening. They're like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll get involved with that later. Uh, what can I do right now? So, what are some strategies? You had mentioned one earlier about okay, if you get a field payment, like call that person or let that person know really quickly how to help, you know, fix the problem and then work with them from there. What are some other things they can do, even maybe even before that sure. field fa- payment happens, to perhaps even decrease the likelihood of it happening or just making the process easier?
1: Well, let me tell you, so I'm just basically going to unveil, here's how our entire company operates, and but this is how this person should operate, right? Um, it, or or these, the person who's not going to hire somebody and work with them. But this these are the things that, that are the core components. These are the guts of failed payments. Number one is you've got to have somebody that is 100% knows that they're responsible for this. So um, they've got to know that this is a metric that they're responsible for, and they've got to know that that's happening. So uh, whether it's uh, you as the entrepreneur. Um, and you're responsible for it, whether it's a part-time person that's a bookkeeper or a customer service or an admin or whatever, number one, if you don't have that, everything else falls to the wayside because entrepreneurs are obsessed with growth, marketing, and sales. They, nobody is, go, is, is speaking at conferences talking about failed payments because nobody would come. Yeah. So Ooh. that's number one. Number two is you've got to use automation and and you've got to have a manual process. So, the automated process that works the best is you got to, I would definitely have something that recharges credit cards. So, a piece of software that is a Dunning software that recharges credit cards automatically, like Stripe will do that as well, uh, different things. So, you definitely want to plug that in. That's just like a no brainer. I don't care what business is listening. You got to have that. So, what does okay? that do?
0: Like, if a failed payment comes in, they try again, essentially?
1: Basically, they just try again. That's right.
0: Is it done and automatically, like right yes. after, or the, the day after? Yeah, you
1: can set it up. You can set okay. it up to say, yeah, yeah, because you don't want to do it too much or the same day or whatever, and that kind of thing. Because the, the person's credit card may need more funds in the bank, or they, you know, maybe they have got a hold on it. There was fraud or whatever, so it may be day one, day three, day seven, you know, that kind of sure. thing. Okay. Um, so there's the auto retry. Um, then you want to have an automatic email. Uh, campaign that goes out. So an auto email campaign. Uh, I would definitely go with like a, a 14 day campaign, and I would start. And this may sound so super cheesy, Pat. So please don't kick me off hey, the podcast. I am the king this. of
0: cheesy here, so we're all good.
1: Emojis and headlines work really well. <laughs> yes. So uh, putting an emojis in the headline and making the the making this like a marketing email. Not a financial email is a huge issue. So people, it's usually like, "Hey, your credit card failed, update credit card. Well, nobody responds to that. So you've got you've got have a good headline and you've got to have some copy that's compelling, and then you've got to have a call to action. And then more than anything, make sure you have a mobile responsive um, web page that you're sending people to to correct to collect their credit card. because essentially, Pat, this is just like a sell. So you got to look at this as I'm basically selling them back into the system, and mm-hmm. so those are some of the key components to have set up on the automated side. Um, headline and- really
0: quick, like give us an example of a good headline. So somebody's credit card fails. I'm not going to go, hey, your credit card failed. Fix it, please. I'm going to do, <laughs> do a thumbs up. I'm going to do like maybe a thumbs down emoji, and, yeah. and I don't know. I would what-
1: do. A th- I would do like, are you okay? Question mark. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Both. Ooh, uh that's good. So so I would start with something like that. Um and you know that that that's that that'll get people to open it up. Um so that's the automation side. Is there any you, any more practical or any deeper you want to go in that because we can?
0: Uh let's let's go one more step. So you got the you got the emails going out. The emails are essentially reselling them back in, um reminding them hopefully why they got in, in the first place and what the benefits are. Um would that be an opportunity to like Like, like if they don't do it within a certain number of days, like, is there any other way you can incentivize that?
1: Yep. And so that's what we do at gravy. Again, another key component, and this would be on the manual side, you could do it automated would be, um, I would ask any small business owner, what is your comeback bonus? So what's the comeback bonus? So let's just say Mm. they're not going to come back on the $97, but what could you get them back on? If it was like, Hey, if you do the 97 and get back on the plan that you agreed to or into the – the biggest problem is open-ended membership sites because they can quit. So if you can move yeah. them to say, hey, we'll give you the next year if you go set, uh, you know, 50% off or if we give you these bonuses, I would have some type of bonus. And one of the best emails that we send that works really well, it literally just says, um, final email. <laughs> And, uh, that's a, that's a big one. But let me tell you one of the biggest problems when it comes to automation, uh, and something for people to watch out practically, if people are your customers and they've bought your course, but they've opted out of your marketing emails, oftentimes they've opted out of your entire list. And so they may be a customer, but they may have opted out of your list. And so that's why it's important to have a person that is constantly tracking and knows, not only from an automated side, but they know uh, if people have opted out, and so somebody's monitoring that as well.
0: Got it. Cool. That that's awesome. So I like the idea of a comeback bonus. That's not anything that we have to worry about. People who are already in there wishing they had access to, you know.
1: Right. I'm and just I'm thing- just
0: thinking of all angles here.
1: Yeah, what, and let me tell you another thing is uh, with automation is make sure that everybody tells us that their automation is connected and it's <laughs> it's very rarely not And what I mean by that is you need to have a str- you need to have clear- clearly communicated on the front end. If you don't pay, access to this course will automatically be shut off or they may still have access for seven days that needs to be set up and it needs to be communicated even in the process, um, of, of their payment plan as well. So, uh, but most of the time the automated emails and the, the CRM is not set up and connected to shutting off access to the course. And so the person cannot pay forever and they still get the course. And if that's fine with you, that's fine. But that's another thing that we see people mess up a lot.
0: Okay. Now let's say that, you know, we have a failed payment come through. We do the automation not working. We do the manual stuff. They're either not opening emails, or maybe we we even get somebody who says, "You know what? I just I'm not gonna. I can't right now." And and is that the end, or do we come back to them later and try again?
1: Well, that was just the automated stuff. So the over seventy percent of the responses uh, that w- and failed payments that come in for us are collected through a manual follow up process. It's not the automation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another thing that's a big issue with automation is simply deliverability. Uh, And with these big email systems and these big CRMs that send emails out, a lot of it doesn't make it through. And so uh, the personal emails that come out. And so a very practical tip that you may want to do is open up just a separate Gmail account. So a literal – I know this isn't one or whatever, but you know, the smartpassiveincome.com i mean uh at gmail.com and it's just a personal gmail account to make sure that it actually gets to the end user and that you can have a conversation with them and it doesn't go into any spam folders is is another
0: little hack mm. i like that because if you go through the crm sometimes just yep. their their email is going to put it in the promotions folder or whatever
1: yep and a ton of it goes to junk man more than i can more than than you would even want to know
0: Man, that, this is crazy. I mean, I, I think a lot of people who are listening to this might not have even known that this was an issue. So I think it's great that we're talking about this. Even if people haven't yet started their business, it is something to think about. And it's cool that there are automated options and also manual things we can do. And also companies like the ones that you have, like like what you have uh, to, to help us out too. I'm curious um, because since I've known you for a while and I've seen this transition from the agency you had to what it is you're doing now, like what's mm-hmm. that transition like been for you? I know a lot of uh, people own agencies or are a part of an agency in the audience right now. And perhaps they're looking to start something in terms of like a service or, or some offering, um, you know, not what you're doing, but, you know, maybe in the realm that they're in, what was that transition like for you? And what's been the hardest part?
1: I would have to say, um, you know, cause I sold the company and I had a year that was kind of like my wandering year. Mm. Um, and It wasn't like I just woke up one day and had this idea. Uh, It kind of came together and pieced together over time. The biggest difference is we're not having to sell this thing. And it's been so refreshing to not have to say, buy today, get a bonus. Um, The other thing has been refreshing is nobody has to change anything that they're doing. So when I used to sell courses somebody had to change their behavior somebody had to download the course listen to it do what we said to do and then implement it and then get results right so you know the the biggest thing that i've 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 loved the most is uh this is everybody just goes yep that's a problem cool do i have to do anything nope let us handle it." it and it and it's like you all i need you to do is go 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 grow your business don't don't do anything. And you may disagree Pat. I don't feel like we bother you much or, no, or whatever. Not at all. <laughs> um, but that's a you know that's that's been the most refreshing thing. The hardest thing um, is that I I guess managing a huge staff of people this time um, is much different than, than what I had in the past. So we had 14 people when we sold the company. Uh, we're already at 19 people within a year here and, uh, you know, managing people is great, but also it's managing people. And mm-hmm. let me tell you one other thing. If I'm, if I'm being totally transparent, the margins are so much worse, <laughs> uh, in what I'm doing now, because we have a, a bunch of people and things like that. And so, um, the margins are worse, but the stick rate of the customer is better. So it's lower margins, uh, not great margins at first. We lose money on accounts for about the first two to three months, and then we start making uh, some profit on the long term. So it's a long term play, and the other th- was more of a short term profit driven play. So th- those are kind of some of the things. But I've had to get used to going, okay, we're scaling this thing up, you know, uh, we're having to put some money into this thing. And, and I wasn't used to that selling information.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a wonderful journey to kind of follow along and now to be a part of it as, as, uh, somebody who really enjoys, you know, what you have to offer. And, and, and I feel like I'm an ambassador for the, uh, for the company now because it just, it's honestly like free money. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yes, I pay you a fee, but I get that and more back as a result of what you're recovering. It just, it just makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, what I want to say is make sure any of the uh, software companies, automation companies that are listening, is that we're your friends. Uh, we're not their competitors, and we want every one of them to do well, and we help implement with every one of them. And so we're so. Uh, that's another refreshing part is that like there's really not a lot. Uh, there's not anybody really doing this. <laughs> so maybe after your podcast, somebody's going to start doing it. But uh, you know, doing this thing. So I, I, I welcome any connections or anything that come come because of this as well.
0: Cool, man. Well, thank you, Casey. If you want to share that link one more time to uh, get people to check you out, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, it's all, A-L-L gravy dot io and forward slash Pat. And uh, for, for coming on with Pat, there's no implementation fee. Um, if you come through that link, we'll know you came from this and we will get you up and running. And one of the things we didn't say, Pat, is that we're uh, primarily uh, driven off of performance, and so we get paid. Most of our revenue comes in about eighty to ninety percent off of uh, actually recovering payments and performance. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and we don't keep anything recurring. So it's uh, it's just a one time payment, and that's it. So that's it.
0: That's cool, man. What an awesome business model, man. I'm so proud of you, and I'm stoked to see how uh, how this goes. Thanks, Pat. All right, man. Take care. Thanks again. All right. Have a good day. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Casey Graham from AllGravy.io, and that link if you want to get started. Uh, and check that out. I am an affiliate for it or, or a referral partner for it. Um, so I do earn a commission if you go through that link. But seriously, for me, I mean, I, I got it from somebody else and it literally pays for itself if it recovers uh, your your program. So, and if it doesn't, then, then you know it's not gonna work out. It's one of those things that's just like, yeah, this is so obvious. So if you want to check that out, head on over to allgravy.io slash pat, allgravy.io slash pat. And again, even if you don't Get involved with that. Even if you don't have a business yet that has recurring payments involved, it's just so good to know that this kind of service exists. But also, the strategies that he mentioned, even if you don't use a service like this, can be a difference between thousands of dollars in your business lost or kept in your bank account. So, thank you again, Casey. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening in. I appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Next week, we have an amazing guest, a woman who wrote a couple best selling books all from her own kitchen. Now, Her business and her brand are featured in places like Whole Foods, super, super cool. And uh, an amazing family person too. So make sure you subscribe to the show. Thank you so much. And once again, if you're looking to start a podcast of your own, why not try it out for free for three days? Like literally, I'm gonna walk you through the whole process. You can see how easy it is to do. I make everything technical super easy to follow and understand. All you have to do is go to howtostartapodcast.com. Once again, that's howtostartapodcast.com. Cheers. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you and look forward to serving you next week. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.
0: So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, we all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too.